Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BGW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Hi there, welcome to Boxing Deep Dive. I'm Lyndon Hosking and this is Dream Fights. And this is where we match up uh, great fighters from the past and present against each other and discuss and debate who we think would win and why. I'm joined, as always, by the one and only Grant Tazzy Brown and Peter Maniatis. How are we, guys? Welcome back for 2022. Good to be on the show. Great to be back for 2-2-2-2-0. We're obviously missing uh, Michael Tamura. He's, he's, um, he's uh, high-tailing it across Africa at the moment and doing great things with Pro Bellum, but uh, not the same without him, is it, Tazzy? Mate, I spoke to him before. He's actually doing a rain dance because one of the parts of, I think it was um, Kenya, hasn't had rain for about six months. So he's actually doing this sort of special <laughs> rain dance for the village people. So, um, yeah, so, look, he, he can do it all, mate. He's, he's pretty not just much... doing the Ali shuffle, is he? But dancing around doing no, the Ali shuffle? He's, he's in a grass skirt doing a village rain dance. So, mate, Mike's just a man of many talents, mate. He is, and um, yeah, it'll be good to have him back next week. But we've got a great one tonight. Before we get on to that, and just on that, it's back to me. Um, it's been a while to come around, It's um, but uh, Mike should have been his turn, I think, tonight, but he obviously is away, so I'm, I'm up. Before I get to that, I want to go on the poll that was done three weeks ago before we went on leave, and it was Roy Jones Jr. versus Marvin, uh, Marvelous Marvin Hagler. And it's fair to say there was a heap of discussion and um, uh, feedback on our poll, and you're a little bit surprised in this one. Marvellous Marvin Hagler, 55% voted for Marvin Hagler to beat Roy Jones Jr. And Tazzy, I must say, I was was quite surprised that uh, Hagler got the nod. Yeah, yeah. Jeez, that's... um, And there was a lot of votes. There was was probably about 100 votes. So, I mean, it's not massive, but it's still a lot of votes and gives us a fair indication of what people are looking at. And so 55, about 55, 56 went for... The fact that Roy Jones went a bit longer in his career than he should have yeah. sort of dampened his legacy. Yeah, I think so too. And it probably, look, it depends on, it was, it was interesting to look at a lot of the demographics uh, or, you know, um, of the people that are that were voting, um, the young versus old. And I knew a lot of them on there. So I knew the backgrounds and who sort of knew what was going on and who was just a bit of a, a modern day fan. But look, at the end of the day, that's what polls are. And, and as I said, I, I think on the night, most of us went for Roy Jones Jr., but yeah, fifty-five percent for for Hagler, so it was um, it was a good result. I think I think the older crowd probably would have went for Hagler, um, yep. younger for Roy. But um, look, you, you can't 
you can never write off Hagler. What a legend. Mm. I just think that Styles make fights, like we said. Yeah. And Roy, just so much at his best. I watched him last night versus Vinny Paz, actually. Mm. Yep. So much speed, so much everything. And I just, yeah, I can't see anyone coming near him. Yeah, not a middleweight, no. Ray Robertson, you know what I mean? Mm. But, like, yeah, that's a whole different era. But, I mean, yeah, he just had everything, mate. And I think that um, just a bigger version of Sugar Leonard, mm. and, you know, and I think that's where he would have probably had Hagler. But, you know, can't write Hagler off. But, yeah, that's interesting. That's mm. that's very interesting, actually. Yeah, it was mm. it was just really good. I, we, we put it on Instagram and Facebook, and I had to weed out the ones that had voted twice. But it was just really interesting, Pete, to see that, yeah, um, Hagler, we all know and love, Hagler, but I, I must admit, I, I really didn't give him much of a chance, as Tazzy said, just based on styles and size of him beating Roy Jones Jr. But, you know, that's that's everyone's opinion, isn't it? Yeah, no, it is. It's good you weeded out people that voted twice. Why weren't you involved in the American elections? You could have yeah. had <laughs> Hey, no politics uh, on this show, uh, okay. Pete. <laughs> uh, well, I've got, I've got, I've got no, Nancy Pelosi <laughs> ripping things up, Linda. Well, I've got a... Trump will come back. Trump will come back. If I've got to become an American citizen to vote for him, I will. Trump's a great man, and I'm, I'm very much a big fan of Donald Trump. Well, I'm sure. And I don't care. I don't care who says what. He's a good man, mate. Sure he's a better leader the, um, than the dickheads. Um, the I'm sure if we give Pete the soapbox, he might have a differing opinion. That's what's good about this show. We're all, I don't, I don't all nice care. and balanced. I don't care what people say. Um, you know, Anyway, let's Pete, move Pete, on. Pete, 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 that is why he kicked Tokovic out, he said earlier. He wouldn't even have him hey, in the I'm country. We're not discussing so. that either. No, we're not <laughs> discussing that either. Um, so See you later, Novak. Soapbox there. Let's move Tell on to Tell the airport is heading that way. Tonight's big show. He's to pick him up and take him straight to Tokovic. He's got money on Rafa. Come on. Pete's a Rafa fan. <laughs> All right, here we go. Uh, tonight's Dream Fighters, as I said, it's back to me. And I'm really excited about this one because he's uh, two of my favourite fighters of all time. It is the Pazman, Vinny Pazienza, against the Hitman, Ricky Hatton. So, guys, really excited, as I said. I'll put down the, um, the terms of the fight there. 12 rounds for the world's super lightweight title or junior weight, yeah, whatever way you go. Um, and I've made it at the NGM Grand Garden Arena. I've kept it neutral in Las Vegas. Now, the reason I've put it there, um, Tazzy, is because I think we could quite easily have had it. I disagree. I disagree. We could have quite easily had it at the Manchester Arena for Hatton, and I don't think Pazienza would have hesitated yeah. one second about going there. And on the other hand, we could have had it in Rhode Island for Ricky Hatton to go to Pazienza's hometown. So I just thought I'd keep it neutral and put it at the MGM Grand. What do you think, Tazzy? Uh, I wanted it at Caesars Palace, mate. I wanted it at Caesars, not MGM. Well, these two guys were probably after the Caesars Palace type of thing. That's why yeah, I've gone yeah, for the yeah. MGM Grand. But no, you don't Pete, what? Mate. Go ahead, Tazzy. I tossed, I tossed and turned last night on this one. It's yeah. a very tough one. Look, it's one of those things, Pete, where they're not they're not probably all-time greats, although they're great fighters. Maybe they're not in that all-time great discussion, but they're just two awesome fighters who were entertaining. They were, you know, they come to fight all the time. They give value for money. And just the styles alone, I think this would have been an awesome fight. And they can lift on the night. I mean, mm. you know, Hatton's performance with Kostya Zoo was, was one that, you know, it, it, was, it was one you've got to treasure because before the Zoo fight, a lot of... Criticism was that Hatton was fighting in his hometown. He was fighting home-picked opponents. And Zoo was going to, you know, sort him out. But he really lifted. And, I mean, his performance with Mayweather was actually quite good as well. Yep, I mean, he was. went 10 yeah. rounds. He was 
Yeah, I mean, look, he he had a he had a top career. You can't mm. knock Ricky Hatton. He had a, yeah. a, a real career. good career. Um, yep. And Penzienza, I mean, he was one of the most entertaining fighters you'd ever want to meet. I yeah. mean, he was as value for money as you could possibly get. So it's it's going to be a nightmare to pick, really. Yeah. Oh, I think it's, it's a great one. And I'm going to give you a quick story before we get into the records and some uh, some video highlights of the guys. I'm going to, as we all occasionally do on the, on the show, I'm going to puff the chest out here and say that I actually met, um, I've met the Pazman um, a couple of times. Uh, one was at an expo in, in Vegas I have over there. But the other time I actually met him, um, I was over in Vegas with my wife for a holiday. I think we went over for one of Mayweather's fights and we're at the Hard Rock Casino for a fight night. I actually walked past him going to the bathroom and I nearly fell over because it's Vinny Pazienzo, you know, one of my all-time favourite fighters. Yeah. And I told my wife and she said, well, don't bloody be a, a pussy. Get over there and say good day because I wasn't, I was too hesitant to go over and say hello. So she pretty much pushed me over to him and said, you know, stop being a wuss and get over and see him. And I actually tapped him on the shoulder. When he told, turned around, he looked at me like he was going to take a swing. You know, I thought, oh my God, I've done the wrong thing here. But he actually was a fantastic guy. Uh, took numerous photos. Um, I shook his hand, all that sort of stuff. And he actually, you know, asked where I was from. Obviously, you could tell the accent. And he was such a really welcoming, warm type of guy. And, um, you know, it was just, just one of those guys. And you're always worried about meeting your heroes. But I can tell you, um, yeah, if you ever see Paz, if, you, if you're one of his fans, say good day because he's such a great guy. So that's my little brush with fame. Tazzy, I know you've probably got a million you could yeah. come up with, but for me, that was the highlight yeah. of my uh, yeah. boxing what, did life. Did you do showies with Ricky Hatton, did you, Tassie, or anything like that? No, yeah, I did. So I'm in um, Tasmania in 2015. Yeah. I get a phone call from Brian and Matruda. He said, yeah. Tazzy, do you want to come over to Melbourne tonight? I said, oh, mate, I've, you know, I've got plans. He said, look, can you change him? He goes, Mick Gatto and myself have been entertaining Ricky Hutton here That's for the last with, few nights. Um, uh, Anthony Mundine's yeah. opponent, Rabichev or whatever. Yeah, but he, this was this yeah, was before the fight. Like this this yeah. was well before then. This was to sort of do the deal, I think, with yeah. that fight. So this, yeah, so he goes, look, if we fly up to Melbourne tonight, get in about 11 o'clock, can you take him out? You've got connections at Eve Nightclub. The Russian boys, I said, yeah, all right, sweet. So anyway... I get on the fly, I get into Melbourne about 11 um, p.m. A mate of mine picks me up and he drops me outside Eve Nightclub and there's Brian with Ricky Hatton. And so we're going to Eve, I hooked it up with the, the Russian boys and um, and we're there, you know, we're yeah, doing a few shoeys and having a good time, having a bit of a yarn. I, I told him like how close it was to Costa Zoo and he yeah. said, like, you know, how much he respected and yeah. loved Costa and that, what a great champion he was. And, and then, um, yeah, and then... Mate, it got to about four in the morning and he disappeared on me. So he's uh, ended up somewhere else. I lost him. I'm thinking, geez, I lost him. And funny story, it, my cousin was on the way to go to Bali the next day and he saw him at the airport. And he goes, oh, Ricky Hatton, mate, wasn't he out with my, my, my cousin Tazzy last night? He goes, oh, yeah, fucking bastard, yeah. I didn't even know where I ended up. I got lost and he yeah, just just a crazy night, mate. But, um, yeah, party with the with the, the hitman, yeah. mate. Oh, um, it looks like he'd be... Um, it's a bit, sur bit surreal, really, yeah. Yeah, he looked like he'd be a great guy to... Yeah, um, I actually got to interview Ricky Hatton oh, in Hong Kong. Yeah. Uh, on a Jay Lau show, I had a fighter on the card. It was 2012. It's on YouTube. Okay. Anyone wants to go and see the what's interview. The, what's the channel? Um, KO show? KO Showbox on YouTube, yep. just put in my name and Ricky Hatton, you'll see the interview. We went over Manny Pacquiao. I was actually with the Sandman promotional team. We had a guy fight for an IBO world title. 
when Jay Lau was a promoter and he set up the interview and I actually got my own personal interview with Ricky and it was a, uh, a table setting where you get food and drinks and by the end of the night, Ricky had had a few bottles of wine and uh, Ricky was only in the shirt and it was the time when Manchester City was playing Man United to see who's going to win the Premier League. It was 2012 and uh, I had a nice jacket and uh, the boys wanted to go out. He was with Felipe Fondue, who's a big promoter and manager looking to sign fighters and he tapped me on the shoulder, Ricky, and he said, mate, we've done a nice little great interview and I said, yeah, we did. He said, can I borrow your jacket? Because I'm going out, I'm going to need a jacket. <laughs> I said, Ricky, this jacket, I mean, I've just bought it and it's pretty expensive. He said, mate, I'll, I'll drop it off at the hotel for you. And I said, mate, I want to go out myself. I'm not giving you my jacket. So I had to wave Ricky off. He had to go <laughs> back wherever he had to do and get his own jacket. So uh, uh, I would love to uh, party with him. But that's, there you go. We've all had brushes with uh, Ricky Hutton and... Um, Vinny Pazienza, so that's that's that part of the story. Let's get on to the actual dream fight, guys, and we'll start with uh, the Taz, uh, Pasmanian Devil. We know who the Tasmanian Devil is, only one of them, and that's Tazzy Brown. So the Pasmanian Devil, uh, there you can see there a nice, neat record of 50 wins, 10 losses, and 30 KOs. Um, IBF lightweight champion, 87, WBA junior middleweight champion in 91, and a couple of more obscure titles later in his career. Notable opponent, uh, notable opponents you can see there: Greg Haugen, Roger Mayweather, Hector Camacho, Lloyd Hunnigan, Roberto Duran, Roy Jones Jr., Harold Graham, and Eric Lucas, who are all very good fighters in their day. And um, Tazzy, he, um, yeah, this this guy's epitomised action, didn't he? Because right from the word go, he was in your face, and he just loved to get it on. Yeah, I look. Always um, like the Paz man. I, I rewatched some fights last night. I rewatched the Greg Haugen first one yep. where he won his first world title, which was a at great, great effort against, mm. at lightweight mm. against Greg Haugen, who was a bloody great fighter as well. Lost the rematch of Greg Haugen, but he won the trilogy. He goes up and he fights Roger Mayweather, and um, Roger Mayweather, you know, was boxing great brilliant at the time. He lost to Roger. That was absolutely brilliant. Yeah, he looked he looked really good that night. He fought, you know, a tough fight against Hector Camacho. He had him yeah. on the back foot a lot of the night. Um, he pressed the action, but um, lost there. And but he, look, you know, he um, he went on and you know won the light. He beat Lord Hunnigan, knocked out yeah. Lord Hunnigan, who upset Donald Curry. Um, but then went up and won the light middleweight title. So it was a bit of a jump, obviously. Mm. Um, you know, and um, won that title. And then later on, wins over Roberto Duran, obviously, you know, an older Duran. Um, but I mean, he. Um, the one that I really paid attention to, and that's how I'm going to make my decision on this on this fight with Hatton. He goes up and he gives Roy Jones Jr. a prime <laughs> Roy Jones a good six rounds. Yeah. So, and Roy was just bloody at his unbelievable, best thing too, wasn't he? So, yeah, and also too, he upset, and knocked out that Dana Rosenblatt as mm -hmm. well, who they had yep. wraps on too. So, he sort of you thought he was probably career was over, but then he come back and and do something big. So. Um, he trained very hard under Kevin Rooney early, early before that. He's with um, Lou Duva. Um, he was, a, you know, a great work rate. He could box as well as fight. You know, he showed that he could box. Great determination. Even with the Roy Jones fight afterwards, he going, they shouldn't have stopped. They should let me go. He got dropped three times in one round, but he yeah. he wanted to keep going. So he was just all heart, all heart. Yeah, he was, and um, 
And Pete, I think we sort of forget because um, a lot of you know more recent, I suppose, fans remember the fights against Duran and Jones, where he was that sort of super middleweight or middleweight at the time. But you can see the vision on there when he was a lightweight slash junior um, welterweight. He was just such an explosive fighter, and he he, he just he was just a, a different beast, wasn't he? He was he was a very very explosive, phenomenal fighter at that weight. He's very charismatic too. The crowd can sort of lift with him. He had that. That, you know, some fighters are charismatic in the ring. He was very charismatic. He was tough and uh, all-action fighter. And there was never a dull moment in his fights. He just had that brawling, nice style and mm. a, a pure pro. I mean, it's it's a good pickup fight here with Ricky Hatton because Hatton was a come-forward fighter too. That was no nonsense. This, mm. this fight on paper would have been a ripper. It just yeah. would have been a ripper both of them at their peak. Yeah. And Tazzy, we've got to also remember that... Um... Um, Pazienza came back from a broken neck um, to go into these fights oh. as well. So just amazing to think that you know, he's come back from a break. I think he was back in the ring within 12 months. Yeah, 12 months. They said he never potential never walk again. Mm. Um, I think there's a movie about it, it a is, documentary yeah. movie. Yeah. Um, unbelievable, mate. So yeah, well, what a you know, you can't really imagine how that would be to come back from from a life-threatening end, you know, being potentially being disabled, you know, never mm. be able to walk again, little known fight, yeah. at, especially fight at a high level, just shows how much guts and courage and determination the man had, really, you know. Mm. And Pete, just we'll get on to um, Ricky Hatton in a second, but you look at the styles with uh, Pazienza, he really excelled against guys who would sort of bring the fight to him. He probably struggled against the ones who... Obviously, box a little bit more like Mayweather and Jones and these and Camacho and these types of guys. But he um, he didn't mind the ones that, that could that would come to him because he was actually an underrated boxer. Yeah, he had pretty fast hands and real nice short compact punches too. He had good accuracy, mm. good timing. It, it was it, I mean this guy was a a, a real world class fighter. I mean he, I don't know. I think he deserves to be inducted in the Hall of Fame. I think so. Yeah, just. Because oh, he of his hasn't, injury, he hasn't yet? coming no, back, no, no, not yet coming back. Um, just the history of of that setback of a broken neck mm. and all these wires coming out of his head and all that. He looked like Frankenstein, and he come. I think just the story of him deserves maybe a Hall of Fame induction just for effort. Yeah, no, I agree. He's in a few. I think he's in some smaller, some minor know, ones. Yeah, some minor yeah. Hall of Fames. But the fact that. You know, there's probably been less of fighters than him that have got in, so I really think that um, he he does deserve to um, to get into the Hall of Fame. Hopefully, maybe you can pull some strings, Peter, and yeah. um, if anyone can get him in there, mate, it's Peter Maniatis. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> well, let's look at his opponent. Um, it is the Hitman, Ricky Hatton. You can see there, 45 and three, 32 KOs, the pride of Manchester. IBF Junior Welterweight Champion, of course, over Costa Zoo in 2005. Also won the WBA Junior Welterweight title in 2005 as well. Uh, WBA Welterweight title and then probably the lesser-known IBO Super Lightweight title in 2007. You can see the notable opponents there, of course, Costa Zoo. Um, other really good opponents, Luis Colazzo, Jose Luis Castillo, uh, of course, Floyd Mayweather, Paulie Malinaji, Vince Phillips, who obviously beat uh, Costa Zoo as well, and, of course, Manny Pacquiao. So... Um, Tazzy, what first thoughts of uh, of Ricky Hatton? Um, you know, he's, he's obviously an icon in in Britain. Just um, just one of those fighters that come around once in a generation. 
Yeah, hundred percent. Um, yeah, I captured the imagination of, of of the English fans. Um, he was a real sort of a bloke where he wouldn't really get round of an entourage. He sort of go to the beer, the pub, and have a beer mm. and play darts and eat a pie and all that stuff. My Hatton's first good win for me was against Eman um, Eman McGee, a very tough Irishman, and that was a very much of a, a all round British battle. Um, very, very good fight. And that was a tough, hard fight against McGee. That was his first big test that he, he came through, first time being knocked down too, I think. Funny enough, Hutton had the WBU title, which wasn't that well-known or respected on the big stage, but he had that for a long time, and that was like a world title. He was selling out arenas, and that's all the English fans knew. They, they probably thought that was a major title. So he was selling out arenas before he was ever a legit world champion. So he could have kept doing that for years probably and not even have a belt. But, he, you know, he obviously went up and a good win over Vince Phillips, who was still pretty decent at the time, and Ben Tacky as well, another yeah. ex-Costazoo opponent. Ray Oliveira was another good fighter. And then, obviously, with Costa. So, look, I was in training camp at the time with Costa. He was um, – he had um, – What's his name down? The uh, the real drunken fighter. What's oh, his yeah. name? Yeah, yeah, I forget his name. Yeah, it'd be all over the place, wasn't he? He, he, had, mm. he, he had him in the camp and he had um and he had a Mexican guy in the camp. Uh seen his last uh, believe it or not, I seen his last spar. I was there with David Birchall. Um I was fighting on Fox Sports a couple of nights later. He goes, You want to see Costa's last spar before he goes to England? And look, you know, he, he probably didn't look on point to what I've seen him before. And he went over there with you know ten years his senior, and did give away the you know the time difference and all that stuff. And you know he was fighting at two a.m. against Hatton with the crowd behind him. So, look, not into making excuses, but I mean, look, you know, Hatton. This was Hatton's coming out party. He beat the man. He beat the top pound for pound guy and the lineal super lightweight champion Costa. To me, it wasn't the prime Costa, but you can only go with history. Hatton, this was Hatton's big fight, mm. and, and he got the done. He got the job done, and and um, you know, that was his coming out party. He goes up, he he, he fights um, for another title against Carlos Masua. I think he might have been Argentinian, not a real worthy, yeah, you know, great champion, but he he beat him, stopped him in nine rounds. He goes up the waterway and fights Luis Colazo, a very tricky southpaw, a very much a bit of a, bo- a boogeyman. He beats him, very very close fight. Mm. He beats a fighter, Luis Castillo, and then he goes up and fights the two, two of the greatest of this era, the, mm. the Floyd and then Pac-Man. Gave Floyd some trouble early with pressure. Um, mm. You know, he's very, very much in the fight. He had, I think, sixty thousand Brits behind him. David Beckham ringside. He got stopped, obviously late, and then he changes things up. Beats Paul Malajagi. He beats. Um, Another guy, yeah, he and then goes up, up against Manny, and he joins Floyd Mayweather Senior as a coach, and mm. we all know he gets destroyed by Manny. Um, great fighter, great pressure fighter, great for English boxing, hell of a guy. Um, yeah, look, you know, real, real good fighter. <sighs> yeah, he did get the win over Costa Zoo. Is he a Hall of Famer? I don't know, you know, mm. but. If he would have beat Pacquiao or Mayweather, obviously he would have. But great, great fighter. Um, it's a tough fight because who's going, who's going backwards in this fight? 
Mm. Yeah, I mean, and Pete, what I, what I loved about him as well is that he, he united the the country of um, of England in that he he really brought the country into his camp. Basically, he was so accessible, um, you know, to the public. They obviously followed him over to America. I was fortunate enough to go watch watch him fight uh, Manny Pacquiao in Vegas in two thousand and nine, and I've never seen anything like it as far as the support that he had over there. Uh, of course, you could hear a pin drop in the second round when it was all over. But the the week was such a great week to be there because they were so much fun. They all go there for the, the experience and they get so much behind their, their fighters. But he was he reminds me a little bit of almost like Jeff Fennick was to Australia, probably a little bit more than that actually, but he just united the whole of the, the country and they, they pretty much went along for the ride with him. Yeah, he was charismatic. He was sort of the, the bloke that you meet down the road, Tom. He reminded me, for me, when I met... Ricky had a few drinks with him and, and, and got to hang out with him a little bit a few times. Reminds me of Lester Ellis. He's very much like Lester. Yeah. And because I remember I said to Ricky, mate, how many drinks would you have in a night? And he goes, oh, it depends. I said, what, what, what do you pull up? He goes, mate, I could have 20, 25 pots and not worry about it. I said, in one night. I said, but that's, so that's pretty good going, Ricky. I said, mate, but I know people that are drinkers that stop at about a dozen drinks. That's too. it for me. And he, he said, no, mate, I, he said, I can double that. It, it, and, mate, when I was watching, the bloke on the table said he went through two or three bottles of wine, and that was his warm-up. Mm. So, I mean, that's probably 20 drinks there. So he's probably going to consume 30 to 35 drinks a night. And he wasn't retired at the time. So, mm. I mean, this guy used to balloon a lot up in weight in between fights. Yeah. He used to get up to 80 kilos. So, mm. I mean, how good would he have been if he was serious and, didn't do that type of stuff and didn't have to I think that's one of his major re- regrets if you hear him speak. That's one of his major regrets that he didn't allow himself to sort of stay on point in between fights. Yeah, but how many good times would he have missed at the pub and how many mates would he have not bonded with? He's one of those guys, he, yeah. he, he was with the common bloke and he just wanted to have a good time and fight time, he'd go into training camp, he'd get fit and he'd do his job. I mean, no one could honestly say he really had too many bad nights, even with Manny Pacquiao. I mean, mm. Pacquiao, that last punch, when he kind of fainted his right hand, half slipped and rolled the left hand straight on the button, that would have knocked out a train. Yeah, oh, yeah. That, you could hear it. That was sweet. On the night. It was, it was yeah, that, that was sweet. That knocks, out, that knocks out an elephant, that one. Yeah. So no, you're right. you couldn't bag Ricky. He's, he, he, the crowd loved him. He, 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 the boxing people loved him. He, he was loved by the English people. He was charismatic. He was crossover. So... And do yourself a favour and um, follow him on Instagram because he puts some pretty good stuff up there as well. He doesn't mind taking the... Um, and his son's a fighter himself. now as well. Yeah, so, uh, Campbell, yep. Good on him. Yep. Yeah, Campbell's doing well. It looks dead set ringer. You don't need to do a DNA test. Yeah, exactly. Well, that brings us to the pointy end of the show there, guys. Tazzy, we're going to ro- uh, start things off with you. I know it's a very, very hard one. Ricky Hatton versus Vinny Pazienza at Junior Welterweight. Who wins and why? Yeah, I've gone. Um, I've gone back and forth. I've had them both winning different reasons, and now I'm even doing it now. I thought I had my mind made up, but then we went. It's uh, look. I'm going to say. I mean, Hatton's biggest thing is to win over Costa Zoo, um, but to me, that's obviously you know, given all things aside, wasn't in his prime. But you know, that's his biggest claim to fame. Then, then he's lost to Mayweather given a good a good account of himself 
that gets points there. Then he fights a great Manny. So his only major losses, you know, besides that last one, the comeback against the Russian was, you know, the hat, I mean, to Manny and Floyd. Vinny, Greg Haugen, very good fighter. Very good fighter. Vinny beat him twice. Fought the great Hector Camacho. Didn't win, but fucking, you know, made him, made him earn it. Roger Mayweather again at the time. Roger was at his best. Um, you know, then he comes back, wins a lot middleweight title. So he's up in weight. So, he, you know, he shows that he can sort of mix it up with the big boys. Goes up and fights Roy Jones Jr., super middleweight. Roy's at his best. You know, Roy, like Hatton, couldn't stand next to Roy, I don't think. And he's in there giving it his all. And Roy's got to be a bit cautious early. I'm going to steer towards Vinny. I don't know. I'm just going to go with that one. I really, it's a tough one. It is. I was hatting. I was hatting when you first announced it, but then I done a bit of research and last night, and you know, even though Hannon's the guy at, light middle, the, at the weight, light water weight, because he he was the champion of that weight where Vinny wasn't. But Vinny, I can't. You know, Vinny's account with Roy Jones Jr. To me, that was um, geez, you know, mm-hmm. the bigger man in his prime. I'll go Vinny, mate. Yeah. If Hatton wins, it's on points, obviously. No yeah. one's stopping anyone. Yeah. It's on points. Majority decision. Majority yeah. decision, yeah. Vinny. I hear it's a tough one. Pete, what do you think? Who wins and why? And I see this fight for the first three or four rounds seesawing and it looking like fight of the year. No, no one willing to back down. Mm. Um, and I see Hatton by about round seven starting to edge a little clear. To, to looking like the winner and but then I could see Penzienza coming over the top strong and landing some big shots and rock and hatting at times as well because I think Vinny proved himself a bit more as far as the chin stakes were concerned because mm. Hatton the susceptible thing was that he was a touch chinny mm. um and but you know it, it, nothing against him I, I just think Penzienza was a, a touch more explosive a touch more solid and a touch more better and a touch tougher for longer and i could see pezienza down the stretch really pushing hatton back and starting to explode onto him and winning a very close fight but a unanimous decision to vinnie pezienza where he has moments where he actually wobbles hatton around as well yeah yeah no i tend to agree guys i um this this for me comes down to what type of um, strategy Pazienza would come in with. We all know what Ricky Hatton's going to do. He's going to come straight at you. He's going to rip and hook to the head and body. That's what he's going to do all night long. We, we know that. He's not really going to alter no matter who he fights. For me, if Pazienza takes him head on, I can see Ricky probably being a little bit too strong for him. But if Pazienza boxes like he did against Greg Haugen, who he, he boxed very well, as I said earlier, he was very underrated in his, his boxing skills. I think if Pazienza turns up with that in mind, and, uh, and boxes um, uh, Hatton. I think he's got the range, the speed, the, you know, he loves to pivot off to the left and the right. I think he does that really well. And I think he'd offset uh, Ricky. So I think if he does that, I would back Pazienza in a unanimous decision. Um, would be a great fight. I think um, the lead up to it and all the theatrics during the fight would be worth the money itself. But I think, yeah, the Pazman for me would uh, would win a unanimous decision against Ricky Hatton. And it'd be, it'd be a great fight. But either way, like you guys, I can see Ricky Hatton winning. I can see Pazienza winning. I've gone back and forth a few times as well. But I think 
Um, based on what I've seen, Pazienza, when he decides to box and give himself a bit of room and a bit of, a bit of movement, I think he'd be a bit too slick for... Um, for Ricky Hatton. So there it is. That's uh, three, three uh, and oh, a clean sweep. If it had been a drinking competition, my money would be on Ricky Hatton every yeah. day of the week. Yeah, I tend to agree. I think Vinny Pazienza <laughs> was known to put a few away as well, I think, in the, in the time. I don't think, I don't Vin, think... Vinny was more the drink, darling. Vinny was um, at something else. Yeah, I think so too. Drink. I think... Um, but the amber fluids, I'd be on... Uh, yeah. on Ricky every day of the week. Good you, um, background of Tommy, Guinness Tommy Pub. Yeah. Background. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I think he was on the. I think he was on the yayo a bit. The old Vinny Pazienza. Yeah. He's had yeah. a. Um, I think after his career, he's had a few uh, ups and downs. Let's just say. Uh, let's just keep, we'll keep it at that. So, so Pete, I'm not sure you'll be here with us next week. But have you got a, a fight in mind that we might do? We, if you're not here, we'll think of something else. But have you got a fight in mind that you had uh, for your next choice? Yeah. Yeah. I've been thinking about this one, and and I want to include. Australian fighters, so um, it's one I've been kind of tossing up with a lot, and and you you, you guys will probably, I mean, it, it, for me, I think it would have been an interesting fight, both at their best. Paul Briggs versus Jeff Hitman Harney. Okay, yeah, no, it's a good one. Very so, good one, Peter. Um, very good. Yeah, because yeah, I think Briggs was very understated, yeah. and um, I, I just yeah. would like to have seen them both fight at their best. Yep. No, I like yep. it. Good one. Good one. Yep, perfect. Cool. All right. Well, if you're not here next week, we'll get an, a uh, we'll get another one up and going. We might even have to get a a guest um, panelist yeah. next week. We'll think of someone to, to come yeah. on and, and discuss one. But again, we say to all uh, the viewers out there, really appreciate your support. Make sure you send in some requests. Um, look, we could come up with a million different fights, but we'd love to get a few requests out there from you guys about who you'd like to see against um, against each other. Obviously. Sorry, Pete. No, I was going to say I had a reserve one, but I didn't want to do it because it, it probably w would be too hard to do. I was going to do Paul Ferrari versus Jason Maloney. Oh, that would be a really good one. Mm. Yep. So, but I didn't want to bring it in because it might be hard for people to sort of. Uh, yeah, especially to, for our, our international them. viewers who might not know, um, you know, a lot of our fighters, obviously. So we we obviously know who yeah. it is, but we've got a lot of overseas supporters who. Uh, or watchers who um, like the uh, the dream fight scenario. So, but yep, keep mm. them coming. Um, we'll get to them at, at some stage. Um, but yeah, really appreciate all the support in 2021, and look forward to even more in 2022. So, thanks again, guys. Have a good week. And, no, uh, we'll thanks, guys. See you Cheers. Then. I just want to say, bye, mate, Tassie. On your on your Novak Dokovic, mate. I'm happy for you, brother. <laughs> <laughs> See you.